This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them, this podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is Episode 3, Charities Don't Need Your Support. This week, we're going to start a series of episodes that sort of set the stage for effective philanthropic giving. And today, we're going to talk about a topic that's pretty near and dear to my heart, the fact that charities don't need anything from donors. As you can probably imagine, I've been to a lot of charitable events, fundraising auctions, stewardship events, award dinners, all of them. And at a lot of those events, I've heard executives and fundraisers make a pitch to potential donors about philanthropic support. In too many of those presentations, I hear fundraisers describing to potential donors what the charity needs. For example, a university fundraiser might explain that his school needs more professorships. Or a hospital might explain that it needs a new cancer research lab. Or a museum might argue that it needs a new sculpture exhibit. Now, these sorts of initiatives are obviously appropriate things to raise philanthropic support for, and many donors have stepped up and done just that, responding generously to those appeals. But I think there's a really important point to make here. Maybe we can call it a clarification, but it really impacts how we talk about the work we do. I think it's really important to bear in mind that, strictly speaking, charities don't have needs. The truth is, only the people and the causes charities support have needs. The charities don't. Charitable organizations, properly conceptualized, are just conduits for getting resources to the people and causes that need those resources. So consider the examples above. A university doesn't need professorships. Instead, students need the best possible education. Given that need, endowed professorships might be an important tool in recruiting and retaining the best faculty so that the students receive that education. And a hospital doesn't need a lab, but patients need a cure for cancer, and a new lab might be a critical tool in achieving that goal. And a museum doesn't need a sculpture exhibit. People need access to art and beauty, and a sculpture exhibit might be the best way for a particular museum to meet that need. I find this distinction really crucial. In a world of metrics and measurements, it is easy for both donors and fundraisers to get a bit lost in the weeds of doing our work. Donors can sometimes get caught up in worries about the financial performance of their favorite charities, and fundraisers can sometimes get mired in worries about meeting their fundraising goals or keeping the boss happy. But the best philanthropy happens when we remember that charities don't have needs. Only the people we serve have needs, and we work to meet those needs. Now, this isn't to say that the structure and business plan of a charity aren't important. They absolutely are. For instance, the university in our example doesn't need a sculpture exhibit, and a hospital doesn't need a history professorship, and a museum doesn't need a cancer lab. Like any sort of business-type enterprise, charities have certain things they're good at. Certain things they do, many things they don't. Philanthropic support is at its best when it helps charities to stretch and expand the things they're good at without trying to push them into the things they're not good at. For example, an endowed professorship only helps a university and its students if the university has a place for that position. An endowed professorship in medicine doesn't help anybody if it's made at a university that doesn't have a medical school. Or a new state-of-the-art cancer research lab doesn't do much good at a rural hospital that doesn't have a research program. That doesn't achieve anything. Or a gift to acquire ancient Greek statues for a museum focused on Native American art. A worthy project, but made in the wrong place and time. Those examples are a little silly and extreme, just to make the point, but the sort of challenge really does come up quite often. Take the hospital example above. 
say a donor's wife received excellent treatment for cancer at the local hospital and made a full recovery. Fantastic. The staff was kind and professional, and the care top-notch. The grateful husband wants to eradicate cancer so that no one else has to suffer as his wife did. To that end, he has proposed building a new cancer research lab for the hospital. The problem is, this hospital is not attached to a university and has never really had a research program. In order to make use of this new lab, the hospital would need to substantially alter or expand its overall business model. Now that sort of expansion is certainly possible, and the hospital might choose to consider it. But here's where it is important to remember whose needs are in the center of this conversation. If the goal is to cure cancer, then the donor should consider whether this hospital is the most beneficial place to build the new lab. Or would it do more for the goal of curing cancer, i.e. to meet the needs of the patients who need the care, to build the lab at a hospital that already has a strong research program? On the other hand, if the donor is more committed to supporting the work of this particular hospital that cared for his wife, i.e. to meet the healthcare needs of people in their local community, then he may want to change the terms of his gift to support something this hospital is good at. To my mind, one of the most important elements of that conversation is trying to bear in mind exactly whose needs the donor and the charity are trying to meet. To repeat the critical point, charities don't have needs. They help donors meet the needs of others. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to click subscribe. And if you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, be sure to share it on your social media platform of choice. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.podbean.com, and you can follow me on Twitter where I am at RossPlan. Meanwhile, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or just some idle chit-chat, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for Episode 3. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in another week to talk about the difference between charitable giving and taking a tax deduction. Spoiler alert, they are not, nor should they necessarily be, the same thing. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.